Coming up, we discuss what's left of classic Hollywood studios for all of us to enjoy. And we talk about John's week in the parks and how social media is going. Welcome to the CWDW Near and Far podcast, where we explore perspectives of the Walt Disney World Resort from 10 to 1,000 miles away. I am Mike the Far in this equation. And I'm John the Near. All right. So, John, how did your week in the parks go? Well, this week uh, I decided I I only went a couple of times, but last Sunday... We decided to uh, head over to the Magic Kingdom for uh, more of an evening trip. So, you know, we drove over there probably around 5 o'clock. We actually took the tram when we got there, and I haven't done that in years. I typically don't want to take the tram because I'd, I'd prefer to walk, but I figured, hey, I'll make a YouTube video. I, I've had, or not YouTube, uh, Instagram or whatever, but... I've had success in the past with tram videos for some reason. Like I did one at Hollywood Studios once and just it just caught all the right stuff and was really cool. But in this case, I didn't get anything too cool. And uh, But it was about to leave, so we just got on it and rode that over. And then we took the monorail over to the Magic Kingdom. And, um, <clears throat> I, and the reason I mention all the transportation is, I don't think I've mentioned it before, but for the first uh, couple of years after the park reopened, I don't even know if it's years now, but anyway, whenever it reopened, um, after it shut down, it, it the uh, volume was turned down on all the announcements. So, mm-hmm. you know, as you're, you wouldn't hear the announcements about this is Disney's wedding pavilion and you can enjoy blah, blah, blah. And this is Seven Seas Lagoon. And and uh, even uh, please stand clear of the doors. You couldn't hear it. Like if you could, if you really tried, you could hear it turned way down. They finally turned it back up, and th- this is probably a few weeks ago now. But you can hear it again. So I was excited that I could actually hear the announcements. So like when you pull into the Magic Kingdom, it says this is the Magic Kingdom station. You know, like it just mm-hmm. sounds cool. But anyway, I just wanted to point that out, that that was gone for a long time. And for me, I thought that was really nice. That now, was now which monorail was that on? Because I think the the monorail, um, the resort monorails was the was monorail and the Epcot uh, monorail were the ones that I took. And I noticed on the Epcot monorail this last time, I could hear those announcements. But on the resort monorail, it was really low again. Um yeah, maybe they didn't fix them all then. This was it, the express, the express mo- monorail, monorail yeah. from the Ticket and Transportation Center to the Magic Kingdom. That's interesting. So it must be the express and the Epcot monorail that they have it turned back up, which is great, you know. Yeah, yeah, that must be hard to do. I don't, I, I I'm not a. I don't know. Monorail <laughs> mechanic. Who knows? Somewhere there's a button, or or not. I always remember the uh, the big piece of dust that was in the Soren movie. And 
you know, people <laughs> from all over the world would be like, just get a can of canned air and just spray the film. Would like just it would take two seconds. And Disney's like, nope, we won't touch it. You're not allowed mm-hmm. to. Touch it. It's like, and I remember when my daughter is younger, it, like I I don't I don't know why, but the term Dustin would always come up, and I don't I don't know. <laughs> but anyway. One of those Disney things. It's, it seems simple, but for some reason, they just. Probably think. an analog knob on the speaker in every single car, and they just haven't got anyone to turn it up yet. So, yeah, so we got to the Magic Kingdom, and, you know, we don't we don't have really long trips or anything. So we basically decided uh, we picked a, a couple of uh, We picked a ride we wanted to do, and I basically told my wife. I feel like every time we go, we just try to ride what's not a, a long line. And now that Lightning Lane is here, there's long lines all the time. So it's like I said, we're going to have to just start picking at least one ride we want to go on and just wait in it, regardless of the line, or we're never going to go on mm-hmm. like most of these rides again. So we didn't really do that. We went to, uh, it turned out that. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean only had like a 20 minute wait, which is weird. That that one, the lightning lane did not impact it as bad. I don't know mm-hmm. why. Like it seems to be doing well. Um, Haunted Mansion we is just yeah. devastated by it. Yeah. Like, you can't. Oh, yeah. I, I every time I go by that, you can't even tell where the line starts for anything. It's just a mass of people surrounding it. So so anyway, we ended up we did Pirates and. The other thing I wanted to mention is their wait times have been weirdly accurate lately. Like, because mm-hmm. I've been timing them. And I know before when you went, you were saying that, you know, a lot of times they are exaggerating them a bit. Mm-hmm. When you were there, at least, I don't know if it's this time or the, your trip. It's It's been both, actually. Yeah. Well, I was timing it. And when they say 20 minutes, it was 20 minutes. And then uh, I went on, uh, or the, I think the Little Mermaid said like uh, i think it said like 45 minutes oh my gosh. and my and my wife was like oh that's not really 45 minutes that that line's never long and i was like yeah that's that'll definitely be a, like a 20 minute wait it was 40 minutes it wow it 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 went through that inner queue where they have like the 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 uh, paintings on the ceiling and stuff that you never go in Mm-hmm. And it was all because they just held the line up waiting for Lightning Lane to come in, making you wait a really like but by the time I got closer, I told my wife, I guarantee if, if we could see into the main room, you'd probably see uh, empty cars going through in between the lightning lanes as they're just waiting. They're not going to make them wait a half a second. And I'm like, and so that that was really a manufactured one. And plus, would you pay to ride that? I'm like, no. But I, I, I was going to say, I made the best of it. I got a lot of pictures of that uh, ceiling in that room that I never get to see. So it wasn't bad. And uh, we went on that. And then, you know, I got some pictures of the castle. Then we went into the shops on the way out. And then we started... Uh, then we started walking back. And that, that was about it for that trip. Um, I got my typical... Oh, I know what I wanted to tell you. At the Polynesian, we tried, uh, what was it? Car- caramelized nuts uh, on chocolate-covered bacon. Hmm. And I, I was like, yeah, I'll try that. It was like $4. And 
I honestly didn't like it that much. I don't know why. Oh. I don't really care for cold bacon. Like I like yeah. bacon on my uh, the Voodoo Donut has a uh, yeah. Bacon maple bar. That was really good. It goes with it. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to give this a shot. I ate it, but I didn't like it enough that I would ever get it again. I was like, eh. Um, But we also got a tiramisu in like a cup. And this is at that, uh, this is at the little snack stand that's right outside of Kona. Like you can get coffee there, but they have bakery items too. So just figured we'd try that out. And I also got my uh, typical meal that I get there, my uh, pulled pork Hawaiian sandwich from Captain Cook's with mm-hmm. some Disney fries. So, <clears throat> sorry, that 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 was always good. But that's kind of like a standard for me at this point. If I'm hungry by the time I'm leaving, it's great to uh, stop there to gra- grab a bite. What was your weight like at Captain Cook's? Oh, we we mobile ordered. Oh, okay. So what was it? So you didn't have like a mobile order wait line or queue or anything like that, like they sometimes get? Oh, it took a while, you know, like we were there and it wasn't coming up and now there, there, there was no, when it's done at there, they were, they were just putting it out on the table. It tells you yeah. it's ready and you just got to go find it. So. Yeah, well, that's all right. Waiting at the, you could wait in worse places than the Polynesian for your food. <laughs> well, that's what we we went up to that uh, by the Kona to buy the the uh, snacks while we were waiting. And I think we looked in the store. They they always have cool stuff, and they I mm-hmm. always I I I always like that uh, Polynesian gift shop there. Yeah. So that was it for that day. Um, and then on Thursday. Uh, my wife and I decided to go to Hollywood Studios. Oh, God bless you. And, you know, <laughs> we basically, we've been to Epcot. We've been to Magic Kingdom. We haven't been to Animal Kingdom in a while, but without Everest, it's like, I'm still yeah. going to go, but that's just hard. I, I ride Everest every time I go there because it's yeah. always either a low line or you can go to single rider. There's always a way to get on it, you know? Mm-hmm. And without that, I'll, st- I'll still go. But when you don't go till five o'clock at night, there's not a lot left at Animal Kingdom, you know, because a-, a lot of the stuff requires daylight to just wander around with. So anyway, we went to Hollywood Studios. And again, I went with my new philosophy of let's pick a ride we haven't been on and wait in line. So Tower of Terror was the one we decided on. And it said 45 minute wait. And this line was all the way down by the bathrooms where oh, you can go to to the, uh, you know, to rock and roller coaster or mm-hmm. Tower of Terror. But I, we got in it because, you know, if we just avoid long lines, we're not, not going to go on rides any longer. So I was like, we're going to go, we're, we're going to wait on at least one line on something we want to ride. And I can tell you, it took. 45 minutes hmm. to get on i i almost think they're purposely ex- making it take exactly what they say like I, yeah. I think i think they're getting better at controlling because when they're using lightning lane they can be like we can make this perfectly accurate just make people wait you know like it's that's what out. it is they're they're con- they're creating demand through scarcity through with these lines and that's that's exactly what they're doing 
you know, I, I think you've got it right on. You hit it right on the head. They're controlling these lines for that purpose to make that. They're going to set a time and then they're going to say they, they have enough of a sample size now that they're going to set a time at a certain time of day. And they're going to say this is what it's going to be. Yeah. And by the time I got out of there, it was getting uh, dark. So we we walked through. Uh, Galaxy's Edge, literally right on that sticking to the right where you don't see anything just to cut through to get the Toy Story. Yeah. (laughs) So I did that. There was nothing that interested me there. And I, uh, we just walked through Toy Story Land because it's pretty to see at night, you know. I was just, the evening, it's a, it's a nice place to look at. And then, you know, we, uh, we basically stopped at the gift shop. And my wife bought one of those, uh, what are they called? The spirit jerseys, the one that has the uh, the parks on them, like the mm-hmm. drawing of the parks. They, they look like old park maps mm-hmm. with drawings on them. So she got one of those for $85. Nice. Yeah. Guess it's nice to be have money. I, <laughs> I'm just joking. That well, was well that, you know, that particular spirit jersey, I think they weren't supposed to release it yet, and they kind of got caught with their pants down around their ankles. They released it too early or something like that, and um, and and not a lot of people even know it's out there, I think. so. The weird thing is, I feel like they have multiple ones. I could swear one of them said Disneyland, but probably. Mo- most of them say Disney World Florida. I'm probably wrong. I, 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 I get confused easy. But, oh no, this one definitely. I'm looking at pictures I have. Oh no, it says Magic Kingdom. Never mind. They're all they're all the Magic here at the land. And anyway, I, I got myself a new calendar. I usually have a Disney calendar up on the wall. And it was nice, though. We did get uh, our annual pass discount. I don't know exactly what it was. But uh, it was a significant amount of money. Should be about 20%, right? Yeah, I think, yep, 20% annual yeah. pass. And I wanted to point that out because when you're buying $85 shirts, yeah. that adds up quick. I, I looked does. at it and I was like, wow, we saved a lot of money. Yeah. So I was quite happy with the, we saved like 20 some dollars in total. And that that just reminded me of if you actually buy stuff there, that's really good to have. And it also yeah. reminded me of how sad it is that when my wife worked there, she only got 20% off too as an employee. You had to be there for three years to jump to 35% off. So she hmm. just made it to her three years and then, you know, she was let go. But I, half of the, a huge amount of those employees aren't getting more than that either. Right. That's just sad. Right. Yeah. I dare say that probably at least half of the employees that are currently there probably don't. They're probably oh, new people. <laughs> another thing too, the the uh, employees do not get any discount on fiftieth merch. So oh, wow. I, you're better off being a pass holder. <laughs> yes, you are. Because I think everything's fiftieth merch at this point. They put a fifty on everything. I'm like, wow. I, I feel really bad for them too because they were going to have a pass holder, or I mean, a uh, an employee appreciation event at Magic Kingdom last week, and they was it last week or this week? It was past week, and the weather. Um, was going to be cold and rainy, I guess, the one day, and they just canceled it. <laughs> they postponed it. it. They they've postponed that thing for like three years in a row now. That's all right. Josh Demara will promise that he'll do it later, and they'll all <laughs> say, "Wow, that guy's awesome." <laughs> he promised me something at a later date. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, he, he he promised my wife that that she would get to ride uh, Rise of the Resistance, yeah. and then she did and, when she was no longer an employee. Yeah, right? she didn't work for him was the only way she could. <laughs> so he wasn't lying. I mean, she. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, great guy. Yeah, he fired her just. He to, smiled. Just just to just to make sure that he was correct. I'm gonna make sure, even if he I cares. have to fire you to get you on there. He's a caring guy. Yeah. Uh, he's handsome and tall. He's mm-hmm. handsome, tall, and smiles. There's no other way around it. When you're handsome and tall, you're just a good person. And he walks Every, out in the parks. You know. Anybody can see that. Come on. Yeah, it's absolutely. And if you walk out in the park and you listen to people and then walk back and roll your eyes at the pass holders, <laughs> then. <laughs> walk back and raise prices and find more stuff they love and go, ah, oh, What a great guy. Now, it, not to be mean, but I have heard, living this close, I have heard some terrible things about management over the years that, man, I'm not even going to bring it up, but they don't talk about the uh, guest very nice, I guess, is all I can say. They yeah. they make up nicknames for them and all kinds of stuff, just not, like, surprising stuff. Like, man, I think that. Yeah, they don't they don't hold the uh, pass holders in high regard. That's what I my understanding is. Like, they don't, I, I, as far as the local management and stuff, I'm not talking about the company. I don't know how the company feels about it, but obviously they don't feel too good about pass holders because they, you know, Cancel uh, the even benefits. That. It's and... it's the guests too. Like like all of the guests who have emotional attachments to things, they yes. really don't like those people. And you again, I don't groups, know what they're right? doing working for Disney. I don't know. I guess it it'd be like us. It'd be like us working for I don't know any company. It's like oh, I'm working for IBM. Why? Because they pay me money. That's why. Yeah. I don't know. It's like so yeah unfortunately disney's got a lot of that going on yeah things have changed that's for sure you can tell especially if you're an affinity group and you go into the parks you can definitely tell but you know oh well how how'd the rest of your trip at hollywood studios go you didn't run into josh tomorrow i'm assuming so no he wasn't there i didn't yeah. say no that, that that's all i did i went on uh, tower of terror oh no no i i, I forgot i went on tower of terror did I mention I went on Star Tours as well? I forgot no, to you mention didn't. that. Yeah, I went on Star Tours. I got the uh, I, I I got one of the sequences with the underwater city. I always like that one where the big oh, sea yeah. creature tries to grab your ship and mm-hmm. you know you're it's it's got the whole ship in its mouth and stuff. Yeah, I always thought the, that one the was Gungan, well done. The Gungan city from yeah uh, the Gungan city one. And, and it also has the. Uh, what is it called? Pod Racers in it? In the big, the first one I got. Oh yeah, yeah, cool. So it was a good one, and there was absolutely no weight at all, which kind of makes me sad. But. Yeah, there was a weight when I was there. I mean, there was a weight on every single darn thing, yeah. and that was one of them. So yeah, I, and I listened to the podcast from last week, and I thought that too. I'm like, man, when you were here, you were like that, like a 45 minute wait or something. You weren't going to ride it, so. It's crazy. I'm, I've never seen that. Like, it's been years since that ride has had a wait. Like, way back before um, uh, Batu, you know, before Galaxy's Edge was open. So, but all I can tell you, at least in the winter time and with the colder weather, I can definitely tell you the best time for Hollywood Studios again. If you just want to go on rides, go there later at night because people are just pouring out of the park starting around, I don't know, 536. 
They and it's it's just a continual flow of people leaving, and the wait times were slowly <laughs> getting less. Mm-hmm. So I would recommend uh, my 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 daughter was there with friends, and she said she went on Slinky Dog Dash. Wow. And 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 she used our method of a little before close, and she she said she barely waited. So wow. it was that 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 was nice, and I, I'm sure Rise of the Resistance. When I got there, I think it was. I forget 150 minutes or something, and then it went to 110, and like it was steadily just declining the whole time we we were there. So, mm. and they were open till nine. So I I left around seven. I could have stayed two more hours. I probably could have got some really good rides in with no genie because the genie people already rode the stuff and they're tired and it's cold and dark and they're going back to the resort. So. Yeah. Definitely, things change a lot, but right now, Hollywood is still better at night. So, it, when you it, when you do go back, maybe instead of not going to Hollywood, maybe go to Animal Kingdom, and then maybe go there and don't show up till like six thirty or something. Then just go there for the last two hours and see what you can get on. Maybe it'll be less frustrating. Hmm. You know. Yeah, that might be a good tip. I mean. Our, our typical uh, plan is we fly in, we go to Epcot then the first night, and then we go to uh, uh, the next day, we go Magic Kingdom all day. And then, uh, you know, for a couple hours, we'll go to another park. And that was probably part of the problem with that, going to Hollywood Studios for a few hours. Like, you, you, can't, you can't do that park in a few hours anymore. It's just impossible. So I think the last time that you you would have actually been able to accomplish a lot in there was the day that we went there with you, you know, after we left Epcot um, on the anniversary, honestly. And uh, since then, the genie, genie planning and things like that have just uh, probably changed the way that, that that can even happen. So, so yeah, I... I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe Animal Kingdom's the way to go on that last day, and that you know, because you can really get through Animal Kingdom like before noon. Yeah. Well, since you're a pass holder, you're not wasting park hopping or anything, no. and that's no. the difference too. If if you had to pay, you know, so much extra to go to Hollywood Studios for two hours, you'd be like, nah, never mind. But right. as yeah. a pass holder, you could try it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So did you do anything else in the parks? No, no, just uh, gift shops and home after that. Like I said, I was only there for a couple hours. And I told my wife that when we move, uh, which is in March, I, I'm definitely going to change the way that I do it. Like after that, it's going to be a 40-minute trip each mm-hmm. way. And so I, I'll still go at night, but I can all but guarantee I'm staying till close because it's harder to get there. So I plan on going less often but for longer periods of time. I definitely, and and before the podcast, we were talking about you uh, maybe doing the $15 genie thing. And for you, it might just be at most you, your wife and and your daughter. So that's not going to really hit you too bad, I think. But if you go to like Magic Kingdom, certainly, let's say you can't even get on the, uh, you know, the highest, like like the the lanes. What, what are they called? The uh, lightning lane? The, yeah, well, the lightning lane that, you have to individually pay for, you know uh, what I, I mean? Even, I don't even know what the that's, heck. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think those are the ones that typically give you trouble, you know, uh, I, and I'm not sure which ones are there now at this point, but um, 
let's let's face it. I mean, a a day at the Magic Kingdom on the Genie, you get a lot accomplished, probably. You know what I mean? Like, uh, unfortunately, you got to follow the the plan like a like a zombie or something. But um, you get a lot done, right? I mean, well, if I try it, it honestly, it, it might sound selfish, but it probably would be just when I'm there. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, just to try you. it. So it literally would be fifteen dollars. Just try it for myself one day and see how it works. Sure. But I mean, my wife's welcome to go, but she works almost every weekend. So usually we only have uh, weeknights to do things. Jeannie's not. By the time five o'clock comes around, there's nothing. Yeah, it's not worth it. Late. Yeah, it really. And to drive forty-five minutes, I imagine you yeah. know for you know. What are we going to do? Go 45 minutes and stay there for 45 minutes and go back 45 minutes. It's just but maybe then maybe I'll take a day off of work sometime and uh, yeah. we can we can both go. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Well, all right, John. So that was your week in the parks. Sounds like you um, you did something, a couple things a little different there. You waited in those lines and that's kind of what we did last time. Like I actually waited in a jungle cruise line. I regretted not experiencing the jingle cruise before christmas time i really wanted to see that um you know and just see because it's different um but this time the line was 70 minutes um to to get into the jungle cruise before our extra magic at night and um it just you know it it, 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 even though it was a long line it was fun talking to people in that line that was the really cool experience that whole thing and um Again, the Jungle Cruise, I know it's kitschy. I know it's the same thing over and over again. But I've just gotten a knack of really loving um, loving that at night. I love the nighttime cruise for some reason. It's just something different. Yeah, yeah so we're, well, I, yeah, I'm definitely changing the way that I'm doing stuff again. But it's just amazing, though, the drastic change from, um, you know, when things were normal when I moved here, how things worked, and then how they worked when things reopened and there was no fast pass and now I'm just basically slowly learning and trying to adapt to lightning lane and stuff. Now. I, I hate to say it, but you know, Disney sets the, um, the standard for theme parks worldwide. And if you look over at some of the videos coming out of uh, SeaWorld right now with their new roller coaster, they opened up, uh, I think it's called icebreaker. They, they've got a pay option on that now. And I think most theme parks were doing something like that before, but now it's definitely, uh, they're changing the way the industry is doing things. I hope universal sticks to their current system because it seems to work really effectively. It's very efficient and, um, hopefully they don't, they don't go to, um, anything outside of that. Yeah, hopefully not because they, they make a point to say, on their most popular rides, nobody can pay to get to the front. Right. I, I hope it's, they stick it's all that. equal. So now, Universal, even though they charge, they seem like the more virtuous company of trying to be as fair as possible. Where Disney used to be like, we don't charge for ours, you know. But yeah, and the other thing is, if you stay, it makes it worth staying in a premium hotel over there. That benefit of having, if you stay in a premium hotel, one of the upper you know, more expensive per night hotels at, at uh, Universal, you get that as a benefit added into your um, package. So if you stay, I, I've, what are the, I think the Hard Rock and um, what are the other premium hotels over there? Uh, Portofino Bay and yeah. Royal Pacific. Yeah. So if you stay at one of those hotels, you actually get 
the uh, the the what do they call the fast pass? Uh, you know, whatever they call uh, that. Express. Express pass as part of your um, vacation package. So uh, it's it's that might make that trip worthwhile. So okay, uh, let's get into our discussion, John. Uh, talking about classic uh, Hollywood studios and just the things that when the park opened that that the atmosphere that had the you know that old hollywood look and then the sets and everything that they had there and um the original classic rides and things we talked a little bit of course when when you enter the park we talked a little bit before the podcast about um, of course the great movie ride um you know being gone and that that milk is spilled a long time ago so you know the tears are dried from that but uh, the the facade of the theater is still there, and the you know the handprints and feet print and the concrete they're still there. Um, so you can still experience the outside of that theater like you used to be able to, right? Oh uh, yeah, I was just there on Thursday, and you know I was noticing the building is just so pretty at night, and they had the spotlights going up, and I know they added the neon lights for. Uh, mickey and minnie but still you, the there's so much original stuff left from the great or what is it man's chinese theater facade mm-hmm. that's all around it uh, it's still really pretty to look at and just enjoy all the details of it it's, it's a pretty it's an amazing building yeah it is but even entering the park even before you get there the entrance of the park is still pretty darn close to the original feel and atmosphere and look um when that park opened right i mean you still kind of have that baby blue hollywood uh look going in and um you know that that kind of ivory white uh with the baby blue look and um you know you you have uh, of course the the shop that used to be there when you enter into the park on the left that you talked about. Oh yeah. Sid you know. Coanga or something. Yeah. Like which that. has the whole story, you know, like you had described in a previous podcast. And I actually looked that up. There is a whole story behind that guy. And, you know, I mean, he's not real, but it's a, it's a really interesting story. They came up with that guy and to explain that area. Unfortunately, the shop's gone, but you can still kind of go in there and, and kind of hang out there. Yeah, and and I, I think that's the big thing at Hollywood. The facades, so many of them are still there. Like when yeah. you walk in, I mean, you have the uh, crossroads of the world is still there. The old yeah. gas station on the right-hand side is still there. Mm-hmm. It's just, it still looks very much the same as it did I mean, uh, what's behind them is a lot different. And as you go further into the park, it's less and less recognizable. But the front of it, though, still is a lot of uh, a lot there. I did want to mention, too. Remember, I, I'm, we've talked about in past podcasts, one of my favorite stores was the Villains store that yeah. they had on Hollywood Bo- Boulevard. And yeah, they got rid of the whole awesome. thing and changed it to Random Toy Story. It's been closed. So, hmm. yeah, I, I, you know, I, Disney and and the starring Rolls Bakery is still closed as well. So it's hmm. just it's like a dead spot there. And what used to be one of the best spots around, like I would love to get a coffee or a, a, a some something from the bakery at starring Rolls and we'd have coffee out there in the mornings and stuff. And I know Starbucks is there, which is why they had to do it. But 
just weird. And then the uh, the villain store always had cool merchandise in there. It did. Yeah. And it had cool uh, just decorations and props around. And it had a great little bakery in there. They would make cake pops. Mm-hmm. Different, you know, candy apples, I think they made in there. Yeah, but you, 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 yeah, we always stopped there. And again, now it's just dead. But I don't know. Just yeah, it was a popular place. And the windows, too. They always had the greatest window displays, if I remember correctly, there. They, like, something was always going on in that window or, or, you know, and, and the sign, just the whole atmosphere of that place was really cool. So I really enjoyed that. They, they did have like a window. Didn't they usually have a window display in there? Yeah. Yep. Yep. They had a lot of windows. A lot of, they were heavy on, like I said, it was Disney villains. So there's always a lot of cool Maleficent stuff. It was just overall just a really cool spot. And, you know, I, they, it's just sad they get rid of things like that. And their big ideas that they have to get rid of it, at least change it to something good. Nah, they did not. All right. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> I know as far as classic rides go, uh, the the rides that we kind of had there at the beginning, and and we'll we'll talk about rides, and then I think we'll talk about dining, right? So, you know, the rides that we consider classic would be, uh, you know, Tower of Terror and uh, uh, what else? Uh, Rock and Roller Coaster, and I, I would say Star Tours too, because for the most part, that park has had Star Tours in it. I don't think it was an opening day attraction necessarily. I don't remember if it was or not. Um, I always say I I wasn't an opening day guest. Right, I wasn't either. I've so. only been going for them years. So. so for us, yeah, that would be something that we consider classic. So I, I think those are, if I'm, I may be wrong, but I think those are the three rides that are left that were classic rides, right? And um why don't we talk a little bit about that? Like, I don't think the Tower of Terror has changed too much, right? Oh, no, the Tower of Terror, they, they, it didn't, it wasn't always a random sequel. Edition. Well, that's true. Yeah. It, it used to be like one or two drops or something like that. Now it's just kind of randomized. Um, but the, the facade and, and walking up into it, that, that original uh, Imagineering touch that is around that, that atmosphere, my goodness. Talk about one of the best ride cues. Yeah, I just spent 45 mi- minutes on it. So I, <laughs> yes, and it was enjoyable. I took yeah. lots of pictures and lots of videos. And I enjoyed the music. And just, oh, I love that. I, I, I was admiring the cool statues in the courtyard. And I'm like, and I noticed the one. I never really not- noticed it before. I looked over it. It looks like it's looking right at you, like it's staring at you. And I'm like, I'm sure that was on purpose. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But it's one of those little things I never noticed until one day I did. And I was like, that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, Imagineering does that, right? I mean, there's a lot of examples in rides, even like in rides themselves of things that they've kind of put a perspective on that makes it look like something. And you're you're kind of thinking in your mind, did that really look like that? But it was it was definitely like Pirates of the Caribbean in that cave at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, there's skulls everywhere. You just got to look for them. You know, the rock, the rock facades make uh, like kind of piratey skull look uh, looking things. So they, I bet you, the, in the Tower of Terror, that's definitely on purpose. That that statue yeah. looking at, and and that's again when you get to the classic rides like that, it's just nice because I've been through all that stuff so many times, and I'm still finding stuff I never noticed and never saw, and just. 
And the same thing, like in the pre-show room where they show the uh, video, the uh, the uh, pre-show video where they explain it all. Mm-hmm. I was around the corner where I couldn't see it, but instead I was looking up at all the stuff they have in there, the things behind, like the the cages and just mm-hmm. a lot of a, a lot of Egyptian <laughs> stuff in there too, which I thought yeah. Was- cool like i'm just looking at all the stuff they have in that room and again you could probably go there a hundred times and never you and 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 that's one of the cool things about disney but they don't really do that anymore you know like their newer rides are much more it's almost like they looked at the new the newer figment ride and said this is the direction we should go much less Mm -hmm. to see and do and it's like i don't know i don't think that's a good long-term plan when they do like one of the big e-ticket attractions, they do stuff, but it's always based on IP, so they're just doing fan servicey stuff, you know. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, um, on Rock and Roller Coaster, you are basically thrust into a record studio, and uh, you know you're joining Aerosmith in a recording session, and that's kind of cool. Like uh, I've always thought that was neat how they had that laid out in there. As somebody who early on dreamed of becoming a record producer until I was talked out of it by a, uh, a, a high school guidance counselor, unfortunately, um, you know, or maybe fortunately, depending on how that might have went. Uh, it, I've always found that really interesting to, to do that. Uh, you know, you don't get to see the inside of a recording studio too often in your life. And to make it that realistic and, and maybe it's a little dated at this point. Um Aerosmith certainly doesn't look the way they look in that in that film anymore, and uh, you know uh, maybe they've changed the way they do recording studio stuff. But I love it, man. I love the callback to that '90s, you know, late '80s type of environment. Uh, I mean, that was when I grew up listening to music, so I I really like that. I love the um, the the ride cue there the overall atmosphere it's not very long but uh just just the touches they put on it even the garage like you you kind of walk in where you're getting on the roller coaster it kind of has like a garage feel or maybe a back alley feel with the fence you know oh yeah yeah that is cool i'm not i don't i don't it, it's definitely far far from my favorite ride like i yeah. was always when my daughter was younger i was always like fine i'm i i, I was always like i don't mind waiting you know i don't really care about it all that much but it is cool and that's one of the cool things when you're there on a sunny sunny hot day Uh all of a sudden you're outside in an alleyway and it's cool and i i like being transported to places like that and that that's why i love pirates i love the haunted mansion and i love them at in the middle of a hot sunny day because all of a sudden you're like wow i'm transported to the opposite of where I just was, you know, the Mexico Pavilion, all that. Yeah, Disney does that well. They really do. Um, I, I guess uh, we look at Star Tours, which you had mentioned something, and and I really like. I know this is this is how it is, but you said something really cool at the beginning of the podcast or before the podcast. And I want to mention it here because it's something that you captured perfectly. You said when you walk into that queue, um, if you go through the full ride queue, you're looking at that indoor village, um, where the Ewoks are and you're looking at the, the ad at the, the, the big towering Imperial sort of Walker. And, and you said, yeah, but you're walking onto a set. 
And that's important because that was something that they really emphasized uh, early on in Hollywood Studios is that that was an active set. You were walking into a theme park that was a movie set. And that's how the early theme park really was with the Streets of America and everything um, uh, nearby is that everything was a, was like a set. So the facades were all basically just, you know, fake and movie set facades. And when you walk uh, behind the walker, the at-at walker, uh, it it's not complete. You know, it's like, ha- it's a facade. And you notice that walking through the queue. And I think that's really interesting. That's something that people may look at and they may not get, but that's exactly what you're looking at. You're looking at you're you're basically walking onto a manufactured movie set and that's what they're trying to convey there and like i said you said that before the podcast and i really wanted to capture that because um i think it's important that everyone understands that's what you're looking at there yeah and that's something that 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 you can say the original stuff all had to do with making movies and behind the scenes and you know that's why uh rock and roller coaster is basically it goes behind the scenes a little bit of the music industry and um what yeah just and uh what's the other one we're gonna do uh indiana jones it's basically the same thing it's yeah all, yeah movies all right. how to make movies so yeah but um what do you think of the uh, ride queue on Star Tours? I, I, it's one of my favorite ride queues anywhere because I'm a Star Wars geek, but uh, it, it also takes me back. So, Yeah, I feel the same way. I I find it more nostalgic and more Star Wars feeling than anything in Galaxy's Edge because you walk in and you can literally hear <clears throat> advertisements to go to places all over in yeah. the in the in the in the universe of star wars and it's just really cool like they're advertising all the places to go and then c3po and r2d2 are arguing working on the ship and i'm like it's just it it just feels so star warsy and like a lot of people say about the new stuff they're like i don't know what this is but i you know is this star trek or what's going on that has the perfect star wars feel yeah, so I, I feel like it's like a love note to um, fans of the original series in a way that uh, that entire ride. But uh, I love it. I love it. I love seeing the droids. I love seeing the the newer droids that weren't necessarily introduced into the original series, and then even the older uh, power droids in there. There's all kinds of stuff that really catch your eye in there. So. I, I I love that, and I'm glad it's still there. Uh, yeah, th- why don't we talk about the shows then? Because that's the uh, rides. But like you said, the Indiana Jones show, um, uh, original to the park, and uh, it is uh, like you said, it's a set. It's nothing but sets and stunts, and it's a it's a stunt show. So uh, I I think it may have subtly changed over the years, but it hasn't. Uh, hasn't had any drastic changes i think the show is still the same uh you know they they may have changed around casting and things like that but uh what do you think of the indiana jones show well it was never my favorite thing i always found it mildly interesting the last time i saw it the the uh the boulder scene wasn't working so it was really really not that interesting to me and honestly 
I liked it and I thought it fit, but at this point with what they're doing, I don't even know why it's still there, you know? Like it it's that that the, they completely gave up on that theme and yet that stays, I think. Like I don't know why exactly. And again, I'm not that attached to it. I've seen it before. My wife was one of the volunteers already. Mm-hmm. Um but again, I enjoy it, but yeah, it's it's another one that I would not I wouldn't wait for it, and I won't miss it when they get rid of it. I'll be like, yeah, that that, that was there. Yeah, yeah. I I haven't been to the show even when it was open before in a long time because it's kind of like, uh, you know, I mean, I, I went to it every time I was there, and uh, I love the fact that it's there. I love the fact that some of the set decoration is still around, like the leading up into the area. There's, like, some of the old tanks from the original uh show and you know things like that or from the original movie and uh, uh just some of the military vehicles but um other than that like I, I mean other than the feel of nostalgia i do love the plane scene though when you can feel the heat of the flames and things like that you know in the crowd i, I really dig that still but i i agree with you it's you know maybe time for a change but um they they keep going after the stuff that I don't feel like needs to change and ignoring the things that that you know not not that it needs to change but if you want to change something yeah it could go with a refresh more or less you know yeah yeah exactly instead they're gonna be like what's the thing everyone loves the most get rid of it yeah yeah they're just weird with that stuff yeah uh as far as other original shows um the Muppet Show, right? That's is that the only one? I mean, was the Beauty and the Beast has it been there um, for all these years? I, like since it has been since I remember, but I think that's gone now. So I, I don't, I've never, I haven't heard anything about that coming back. Have you? I don't see it coming back. I, I'd be surprised if it does. For whatever reason, they've kind of left that theater abandoned, other than having a music act in there every once in a while. But yeah, I think you're right. I, it. I don't know if it's coming back, which it hasn't been very popular amongst guests, although I really like that show. Um, I think it's nice going in there and sitting down, but yeah, I don't know if it's going to come yeah, back. Yeah, I, I like it, but again, I if it never comes back, I'll be fine. I, I'm not going to cry not, about it. I'm not it. that attached to it. But. I like the fact that it's a crowd catcher, you know, and even the crowd's out a little bit more, but um in any case, the Muppets, let's talk about the Muppets because you get down into that area and there's a lot of stuff uh, left there. A lot of the um, the movie set facades and, um, you know, you have that fountain with Miss Piggy in the middle and um, the show itself hasn't really changed over the years. So that really is from, you know, I, I don't want to say original to the park opening, but pretty much since I've been going there, that show's been there. And I'm sure since you've been going there, uh mm-hmm. You know, so they've kept that in place over the years. What do you think of that? Oh, I love the Muppets. <coughs> Sorry, I I I love the pre-show too. I don't I don't mind being stuck in there and watching. Uh, you know, but based on a few of the things they have in there, I wouldn't be surprised if Disney has that on the list of stuff to get rid of. You know, as they're as they are politically correcting the entire park one piece at a time so luckily the uh, czar of equity or whoever they have there to 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 ruin things they haven't noticed yet 
re- remember like the uh, girls that are dancing in the beginning and yeah. the guys like he's like and I'm whatever he goes uh, Debbie was sick so the union sent me it's uh-huh. like oh that's not going to be funny anymore that's going to be oh wait a minute what are you saying that's wait uh, that maybe that is Deb you know what I mean it's like Disney's new extreme woke politically correct in my opinion bullcrap is is going to cause that like 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 i said the uh the the people in charge of these decisions don't like disney world and they've probably never been on most of these rides they're deciding to ruin based on you know their thoughts so luckily they've never gotten around to noticing the pre-show with the muppets yet because that (laughs) that one scene alone they'd be like oh my oh we gotta scrap the whole thing right yeah that's uh, offensive and and well, yeah how about too the guys they said oh look how beautiful too bad they're gonna spoil it with a pig it's like <laughs> wait a minute what are they saying Why are they... it's yeah. literally a pig it's like well maybe we'll read more into it it's like i don't know yeah those i guys just feel the, like the, the whole balcony. you know the, the the muppets humor can't hold up to to being judged by uh, 2022 uh college professor logic yeah and i think that's probably part of the problem with disney having the muppets over the years is that they've tried to tone a lot of that stuff down Uh, i'm surprised and i've always been surprised in that pre-show when you know they come out and they say and introducing a very famous mouse and then you know they they, (laughs) you know what i mean then comes out (laughs) you know you're you're left with the impression that it's going to be mickey or something and then it's rizzo you know and i'm surprised they because disney's very uh protective of mickey and uh and all that stuff so uh but you know they've they've at least allowed that to go through and they've allowed the imagineers to have some fun in there i i hope that doesn't change because like you said that that's what makes the muppets uh muppets so to speak so but uh yeah so let's move on to something I, i don't think there's any more shows or rides there that were original you know at least what we would consider original so i think you know some a place that you're very passionate about that you like it is the sci-fi um for for eating there you know the uh the the sci-fi dine-in theater which is really a tough place to get into but once you do boy i'm going to talk about theming there yeah and that's one of the reasons i posted that you know last week sometime and man did that was that popular on uh, TikTok and Instagram, and the biggest thing is it sparked a memory with all with all these people's childhoods, and they're like, oh, oh, I want to go back. That's so cool. I remember that. That was the cool. And people that didn't go there also all wanted to go go there. They want to know where it is, and I'm like, I don't know why, but Disney can't see things like that. It's like something that they just happen to not get around to destroying it. They don't really care about it at all. Um, but, you know, the Disney executives who don't like Disney parks and don't go to them and never did, and they're going to be like, what movie is this going to? Huh. What kind of merchandising numbers? None? Oh, this needs to go. Who's Who Who? Who ranks high? Oh, Moana. Put Moana in there. Call the Imagineers and make them put Moana in there. It's like, there you go. They're not Imagineers anymore. They're just jamming crap in your building. You know, it's like that's uh, that's where we're at right now. So, again, 
these people that don't like D- Disney parks and have no attachment to them, they really yeah. need to just go go work at another go work at like Apple or something. Get another job. They're, they're, yeah. I'm sure they pay their executives well there too. Just just go do that. It'll be great for everybody, you know. Well, I think in there, like you said about merchandise, the funny thing is if they really cram some merchandise in there in a shop or something, I think it would do well Uh, because of how popular that place is. The problem with Disney's perverse idea of success, though, is they would not be happy to have something made that sold well at one little gift shop in Hollywood Studios. They want something that they could make and sell it at Disney Springs at every park across the world at Disney stores online. Yeah. So they could they could sell out constantly in one shop and they'd be like, well this is not successful. How what we only made a few million on this and they'd be like, nope, not not worth it. Cut it, you know. So mm-hmm. Disney's the kind of company that will even cut success cuz they are looking at it against numbers that are like, well, our Moana shirt sold 10 trillion last year and that's in every single gift shop across property why would we waste our time with cool sci-fi stuff here that will make millions but it's not it's not obscene profits it's just profits it's not worth their time and unfortunately that's what everything turns into at disney so even something successful it's not it may not be successful enough mm-hmm. to warrant their attention you know so that's well, the they've way. certainly ta- uh, walked away from, you know, the the idea of hyping up theme park rides and experiences and gone more IP. I mean, we see that with the retooling of Epcot every time we go there, you know. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, I get you. Like, uh, you know, in the sci-fi itself, I think it's because of how hard it is to get in there. I mean, you really have to... Uh, book in advance to get in there it is it is a tough place to get in if, if you're like two people you could sit back in the saucers in the back which would they call them right they're just yeah. like little round tables with the umbrellas and um, that's where i always sit because yeah that, yeah that's the only way i can get in they're 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 like is it all right if we seat you in a flying saucer which is the picnic table and i'm always like certainly i don't mind yeah, and that's they reserve that for the wait list more or less, you know. So yeah, that's for the walkers. Yeah, and because, yeah, because if they if they actually did that to people who had reservations, half of them would complain, being like, yeah. "I thought I was going to be in a car. I don't know." Yeah. We had the fortune um, when we went in there of sitting up front in a car. It was great. I mean, sitting right in the front. It, it's it's like walking into an old old style uh, drive-in theater from the fifties, and that's what they want you to kind of feel like. You know, the cars are like fifties style cars. And um, even the wait staff kind of has uh, that 50s-style vibe. They they come up to you and they kind of talk to you like somebody you would expect out of a movie in the 50s. You know, our, our waiter that we had was kind of like... Yeah, yeah, you know, he kind of talked like a like a guy from Long Island or something from the 50s. It was fun, you know, so... Uh, but uh, I really enjoyed the experience. It does not get... The food doesn't get um, high ratings on a lot of the review services, but I actually liked it. Like, I think they do some cool things with their yeah. burgers and stuff in there. What I discovered over time was I... I was one of those guys who, when they went to the on vacation, that I had way too much, you know, burgers and fries. So whenever I could get something else, I would. I'd be like, oh, look, a pasta dish or something. So 
I was the one who tried a bunch of stuff there over the years, and I was disappointed every time. And my wife just got the burger, and she'd be like, "Wow, that was a great burger," you know. Yeah. And I'd be like, yeah. "So eventually, I smartened up, and I started getting the burgers too." And now I say the same thing. I I I I go in there, and I'm like, "That is a really good burger." It like, is and it's burger. not the standard in the quick service. It's Mm-mm. a good tasting, great burger, and it's it, they do it well. So again, don't go in there and say, "Oh, what kind of fish do you have?" It's like, no, yeah. no, just stick to the basics. Tell them burger and fries. You'll love your meal yeah. and an environment and everything. So yeah. get again, a I I made that mistake and I kept trying. I'm like, "Oh, what's this? I'm going to try this pasta dish." And it's like every time it was not the worst, but just like, "Oh, I didn't really enjoy it much." So yeah. I, I get the shake. Like I would recommend getting the shake too. Like get oh, it, I hear get that. It. Yep, yeah. I heard the shake. It's, it's really good. <laughs> My daughter would always get the shake. She's like, oh, they're the best. You know. They are good. They are good. And uh, the burger. Uh, a lot of times they'll do like a seasonal uh, burger, like something a little different. Like when we went in, they did a pork belly burger, and yeah. boy, was it ever good! Just fantastic. So I wouldn't listen to the review services that say how bad the food is in there. Just go in there. Like you said, John, just go in there, do the basics. Yeah, keep uh, it simple. Keep it simple. Your food will be awesome. So. Enjoy the atmosphere because it's awesome. You don't get an atmosphere like that in Disney very oh, often. And a anymore. lot of people had mentioned, and I always did too, there is no place better on a hot like August afternoon. It's it's 110 degrees and the humidity is 100% and you're just wiped out from the sun. You go in there and it's nighttime. You're at a theater. Yep. Lighting's dim and your eyes adjust and it's just so relaxing. It's like you don't even want to leave. You're just like, ah, oh, I could just stay here for a long, long time. Just uh, it, It's just really nice like that. Yeah. But again, I'm sure it's great at night too and whatever. But for me, I love the fact that you're you're transported to somewhere so much not like where you just walked away from. It's just I agree. Amazing. It's just fantastic in that way. So let's hope they keep that around because and that thing does well. They have to be turning a good profit in that restaurant. So yeah. Um, so uh, kind of in uh, you know along the general same lines, you also get transported back to the fifties when you go in to the 50s primetime cafe right which is a sit down and also another place that's hard to get into uh i i haven't been in there in a long time so i don't know if they've changed anything to go a little more politically correct or anything but man they used to go in there like you would go in there and it would be like going to your grandma's kitchen from the 50s you know and you know ma and and aunt whatever and uncle skippy and cousin skippy and all them (laughs) they would all be in there yelling at you for putting your your uh elbows on the tables and um you, you know, not eating all your vegetables. They it, did. They used to like every once in a while, like Ma would sit down and and actually try and force feed the vegetables. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I, that, I never saw that be funny. Yeah, I, she picked the fork up and try. We had make some really it. good experiences there. We were there years ago for my do- one of my daughter's birthday one year, and our our waiter was cousin Eric, and man, yeah. was he good and. <laughs> And, and, of course, all the kids didn't like their chicken nuggets, and they ended up hiding them all around the table, like, under <laughs> stuff, because they were getting yelled at not to eat. So, so and 
the looks that he would give them when he came back, he would find like a nug a chicken nugget falls out of like a napkin when he goes to clean it up. He'd just like look at them and they would look back and they would they you know, it was just so funny. Like again, I've already been there where it wasn't it was just mildly, you know, a little bit. They they can't make a show out of everybody. Yeah. It's like whispering canyon. You can't have every single table being full on antics because, yeah, it's, you know, you just can't. So, yeah, it's one of those deals. But you just enjoy it when it happens. And, uh, you know, the food there, I always thought the food was pretty good. I, yeah. I started getting the fried chicken because, again, I heard things about not all the food was that great, but the fried chicken was the safest bet. I actually got the vegetarian or vegan meatballs when I was there when my daughter was younger and I just got them because that that was the only spaghetti dish they had and I was so sick of fried food I was like I will take spaghetti in any form at this point and I thought they were absolutely great then years later I went to order it again and the waiter was like are you sure this is what we give kids as a punishment and make them eat it. They're not good. Like I do not recommend it. And I'm like, man, I wonder what I had back then. Then, cause I remember them being good. So I ended up not getting them when I'm told they use them as punishment for children. Probably Maybe it was just part of the, the act. I don't know. But yeah, like I said, I got them years ago and I thought I was surprised how good I think I, I, I remember somebody else got it, too, and they didn't eat the fake meatballs, and I ate theirs, too. I was like, oh, I'll take them, you know. So, but, again, maybe they changed because when it comes to vegan stuff, there's a lot of places to get things from, and Disney might have found a cheaper place or something that just, you know, didn't taste as good. So it, it can happen. Yeah, I like the um, – of course, I love the theming in there, and I love the uh... – the atmosphere and everything and uh you know i i hope that's still the same like they can they still yell at people and they do all that and it's still popular but as far as the food goes like i got the meatloaf before i wasn't that crazy about it um the the chicken i've got that there and like you know i i thought it was pretty good so uh you know yeah and i was gonna say the only other place that i know I don't I, I I've eaten at the Brown Derby there one time too. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's not it's 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 made to be like a very high class, sophisticated, fancy restaurant and you know, it's still I I, I ate there cuz we got 40% off once and the food was really good. Mm-hmm. But it, it's just difficult. Like I never went back again because I don't get 40% off anymore, so it's a little expensive but you know i will go back again though and uh, yeah i think their menu can be hit or miss sometimes like i've been in there uh i went in there one time and uh for a uh like a phantasmic dinner package thing and it was you know i mean there's different people in the party with different tastes that we went in there with and um I, I can always find something that i agree with but i don't really remember what we ate again i think um the Brown Derby in Hollywood was always famous for inventing, uh, I think it was the Cobb salad or something like that. And so, you know, they they were the original uh, and uh, people that put the Cobb salad together for, you know, some of the movie directors and stars and stuff, right? Yep. I, I like to think, too, I think I got something else there when I went. I think it was like the, it was like a grapefruit cake or something like that. 
Mm-hmm. And it, that 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 was like another of their specialties, and it was really good. So mm-hmm. again, I look forward to going back there someday and eating it because you know a cob salad and a pineapple or a, a grapefruit cake sounds pretty good and unique for Disney World. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the one more, and we haven't talked about this yet, the Backlot Express. I think that's the one other place that. Um, yeah, really that's the discussed. that's the quick service location that looks like you're in a uh, prop storage or paint room or you know and it really was made to look like you really were you know in the back lot of a movie studio so there's countless things to see in there to look at there's things Mm -hmm. hanging from the ceiling there's things in cages on the walls on the floor everywhere so yeah i like the uh selection of simple food in there too um you can always find something uh like a like a burger something similar for lunch in there yeah that's what i was going to say the other the other thing (coughs) sorry the other thing about that is the food was actually good i think it is yeah i i like that they always have a good dessert selection in there like i think currently they have even a wookie cookie in there which is um i haven't tried it but i think that's interesting in that spot um and, and it is kind of adjacent to Star Tours, so um, it, maybe that makes some sense in that regard. But uh, they always have a decent dessert, like something that my wife or, or I would like to try. And again, their burger, I think their burgers and their, their you know, simple food in there. Uh, they always have like good sandwiches and things like that. Maybe it's not a burger. I don't remember, but I do think they have a burger option there. But they have like different sandwiches and things like that. And again, that place can fill up. It is popular because of that, I believe. Um, I think overall, Disney has, um, you know, some of the food selections can be hit or miss. But in Hollywood Studios, while um, the food selection isn't quite as sophisticated as some of the other parks, that may be why it's popular uh, a popular uh, place to go and eat because they don't have sophistication there it's uh, pretty simple stuff but that's a good point though uh, the fact as we're going through the restaurants i didn't even think about that there are an awful lot of restaurants that basically are the same because abc yeah. commentary was or co- commissary, commissary yeah it was there you know ever since i can remember and it's I ate there a few weeks ago. And it's basically the same as it always was, you know. It's yeah. and uh, what else was I gonna say? Basically, oh, Mama Mel or yeah, yeah, Mama, Mama Melrose, yeah. That also, I that's been there forever, and it's still good. And like I said, I feel like they never, as much as Hollywood Studios changed, a lot of the classic food places have stayed the same. So. I that that this is an unintended part of the podcast, but if you miss the old Hollywood studios, uh, there's a lot of restaurants that still have it. It's a great point, and I don't think Mama Melrose has changed over the years. It's had the same menu, it's had the same atmosphere, the same place. I mean, you can go in. Remember, uh, wasn't there a Pizza Planet back there? It's now Rizzo's uh, Pizza yeah. Place, right? Yeah. And um, but it's still the same stuff in there. It's just the theming's changed. Um, the food hasn't changed. And yeah. I don't know if the theming changed all that much. You know, it's just it, Muppet it, stuff. It did. It used to have all the, the the Pizza Planet theme. Yeah. It wasn't real strong, but they did no. try to make it feel like an arcade. So now, now it feels like a classic Italian place that you find like in Jersey or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So that's that's a great point what you just added because it's um, the theming overall in the restaurants is more uh, I guess uh, it's there but it's kind of subtle in some ways in, in some of those places like Mama Melrose or, or a place like that you know Backlot Express it's like you can totally go into Backlot Express or Mama Melrose and not even think about the theming because it's maybe similar to you know a lot of other places but if you really dig into it and you really look around then you're going to catch that stuff and and that's been like that since the opening of the park as far as i know so yeah so if you miss classic stuff at hollywood there are places to see it the restaurants the store facades at least and Mm -hmm. there's a couple of rides left you know to to really see it so yeah that's a great bow on that discussion john all right. So, how did your uh, social media go this week? Um, it went it went well. I, I was gonna say there there was a point during this past week where I my my reach was up to 1.4 million over 30 days. That's really high. That's almost wow. like I'm almost like a real Instagrammer or influencer. <laughs> almost. Almost. You don't have that Disney media pass yet, no, though. So. No, but. But I, I was going to say, I really, um, I, I was a little scared there for a minute, though, because um, my 30-day bonus thing was up for this time. And, you know, a day went by and they didn't offer the next one. And I was like, well, I guess it's over. And then, like, the following day, all day went by and I'm like, yeah, I was still happy. I was like, that was a great run. I'm sure they'll do something again in the future. You know, it's all good. And then I was surprised at the gas station on the way back from Hollywood Studios on Thursday. It popped up for the fourth month in a row. Bonuses mm. on Instagram. And I was like, wow, awesome. Four months in a row. That's a big, big deal for me. So I was quite ecstatic that it got extended. But those couple of days where I didn't have reels kind of messed me up a little bit. And they messed me up because I was on such a roll with trying to keep reels going to keep my keep my attention up well i was i had a lot of reels pre pre-made waiting for the bonus thing because i didn't want something to come out get a huge mm-hmm. following mm-hmm. on it and then being like well too bad you didn't wait a day because you would have got paid for that so anyway i uh, my uh, reach got knocked way down and it's been down now for a few days but i'll get it back up again it's not a big deal but not knowing when the next bonus comes out really does make it difficult to maintain the audience. Like the the algorithm is weird like that. If you go down, it, you need to fight your way back up. If you're up, it's easier to maintain the ups. So. Yeah. But anyway, I'm just happy it still exists at all. And uh, let's see, as far as uh, reels go, nothing did really, really well this. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. The Sci-Fi Dine-In was my one of my best ones. Um, had 149,000 views, 7,224 likes, 155 comments. Um, it basically was very, very popular. It uh, People shared it 2,133 times. And I think a lot of that is because it hit the, it hit the feels of... Mm-hmm. People remembering it, people wanting to do it, you know. So, so. and that that sparked the uh, inspiration for this uh, discussion this week. So, yeah, yeah, the 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 fact that people love something 
that has been there that long so much you know it's it's so it really you know people might like it that much and then uh on on tiktok i wanted to say that same video i recreated it on tiktok i just took the same clip and the same song and put it together it's up to 711,000 views wow and 97,000 likes 780 comments and my point of all this is the same video on TikTok and Instagram. Instagram controls my success based on whatever algorithm they use to judge me based on my size, my reach, what I should or shouldn't get. So amazingly enough, TikTok is a lot more lenient with that kind of thing. They're like, yeah. if it's a good video, it'll go. Yeah. So and also for TikTok, I'm up to 41,900 and some odd followers. And wow. I have 1.2 million likes at this point. So I am rapidly heading towards getting close to where I was on, uh, you know, it took me years to get on uh, Instagram. So at some point, if I find a way to monetize it, I, I don't want it to happen, but TikTok could end up being bigger for me than Instagram, which would be something. I'm glad I thought of going on there. Or wait, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but someday it may be. And like I said, 41,900, I've only been, it has not been long. If you, if you listen to this podcast, you'll hear, it's not many episodes back that I was like, yeah, I don't think I want to do TikTok. I don't like it. And I still don't love it, I, I, but I like success and I like reach and I like the idea that places like Disney or Universal could look at that and say, all right, you, maybe we will give you a pass, you know, at some point. So, and I'm, I'm looking at, um, sci-fi dining, like the page, like what was the hashtag that you used for that at, on, uh, do you remember what it was at, uh, for TikTok? Yeah. Well, I copied my my ones from uh, Instagram. So Sci-Fi Dine-In Theater is is the one that would stand out to, for that. And that's what I'm kind of looking at up here because if you go into that page, um, you're probably ranking on that page, and there it is. Yeah, yeah, I think um, I'm the second one. So I, I, I entered in Sci-Fi Dinner Theater right and that was one of the ones that came up and you're the third down the list um on that one but actually yeah you actually have more views than what the second one does so ranking wise you're probably the second one there so i i mean that's what i like about tiktok is they set up pages that you can go to where it has um has your videos ranked and that's what did, how i got my uh, harry potter one um to do so well uh, if you pick the right hashtag and you have the right page that with a generic enough hashtag that people can really identify with and, and go to, you have these pages set up and people will go to it. And your video looks really well. I mean, the the top video is like a, you know, a, a higher speed one. And um, but it's very similar to how you do things. And, you know, it's funny. Yeah. That whole video was just me as I was leaving. I'm always taking pictures and videos. So I basically just last second, I grabbed it and I just kind of slowly panned it as I walked out. And I, I've had that video for months and months yeah. and months. And it's just one of those that 
I it never occurred to me. It probably was a story at some point. It never occurred to me to use it. So I have loads <laughs> of that. Yeah, of and I see that. Yeah. So. yeah, so you are the, yeah, I see you're the second ranked one on that uh, for that hashtag. Very cool. And like I said, people can join those hashtags. That's what I like about TikTok in their format. There's a lot of things I don't like about the, uh, about TikTok, but that's one really cool thing there, especially for a creator. So, and uh, it's working for you. It's working really well. Yeah, it is. It is. I just try not to think about it too much and continue. And uh, it's one of those things. I don't want to look too close. It'll stop. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I gotcha. How about your universal stuff? Uh, how has that worked out for you? Well, it's not been great, but I mean, I'm not losing any followers. I have 20,800 and some. And I have to say that my reach has become more consistent. Like, uh, it's saying that that this 30-day period is up 59% over my last 30-day period. So all of my uh, lines of daily reach are much higher than they used to be. So for a while, I was really pushed down. Like, it was, like, just kind of dead. But, yeah, yeah, at this point, it's... uh, much better than it used to be and more consistent like those lines are very consistent and i think i made like 500 and some dollars in my bonus for that too so wow it's not great i need to get there more i blame myself for lack of content i need more and soon i'll be a little bit closer to there than disney so i will be upping the amount of time that i go there like it'll be easier for me to go there at night instead of disney sometimes so well, something so something that's really been baffling me is, uh, from what I've heard and what I've seen uh, online, the crowd levels have not been really high at Universal as opposed to what they've been at Disney. So I, I just that that baffles me because the people that I see going to the parks that were down there the last two times I went. Not a lot of kids. It's been kids, but it's been mostly adults. And you would think Universal would appeal quite a bit more to those people than what Disney would's. Well, Universal is doing great, but yeah, they are. They do. They operate like remember all of the uh, stuff about Disney that it's busy in the summer, it's empty in January, blah 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 blah. That stuff still applies to Universal. So you could take all your old disney advice and for some reason none of that works anymore at all and it hasn't for many years now but universal does still have slow times unlike disney has none you know literally Mm -hmm. none so it is uh you know I, i don't know why hopefully that changes eventually but again universal is quite happy my daughter works there they were just saying they had their like best quarter ever so they're still doing great, but you can still go there without terrible lines. So like, I think I think the Universal account was joking that Velocicoaster was only at a 35-minute wait on the day of the Figment when people are lined up six hours for Figment. They were like, <laughs> they they were like Velocicoaster is only 35 minutes. If any of you guys want to, you know, ride something. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And uh, no, no genie or lightning lane. Uh. No, and so yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. But like I said, it's, 
it's always been like that for them though. So you can still enjoy low crowd times at Universal if you pick the right time. Maybe that'll convince your wife to. to Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. She likes the hotels uh, and and likes uh, city walks. So, uh, you know, I, I think she'll come around eventually. All right, John. Well, so that was that it for your social media for the week? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, where can they find you online? Find me at c.wdw on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. C.wdw on YouTube and c.uo on Instagram. All right. And you can find me at the T-H-E-E giant rat on Instagram and on TikTok. And that should do it for this week. See you on the next one. Thank you.